It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Google announces Project Elevate Black Voices, a partnership with Howard University to improve the technology used in automatic speech recognition. A family sues Google alleging its Maps app led a father to drive off a collapsed bridge after being notified numerous times that the bridge had been out for nearly 10 years. Tinder launches a new $500 a month Tinder Select here to less than 1% of the dating platform's most active users. And TikTok is being sued by two black employees who claim the company has a practice of downplaying complaints of racial discrimination and then retaliating against people who speak out. We got all this and more for you in episode 99 of The Tech John. From Columbus, Ohio, I'm your host, Rob Dunwood. And coming out of Philly, it's your girl, Tech Life Steph. And out of Atlanta, this is Terrence Gaines, a.k.a. Brother Tech, a.k.a. Remember last week when I said I believe in Coach Prime? Forget all that. <laughs> Forget <laughs> all that. Uh, don't, don't be a fan, man. Uh, never mind. So, never mind. Never mind. <laughs> I'm, I'm consistent. I thought they were going to take a nail. I thought they were going to cover. I did not expect the slobber knocking that we saw this past weekend because they got rolled. They got rolled. I mean, if, if, if whoever out there didn't assume that one of these days they was going to get smashed, you're fooling yourself. <laughs> so, of course, I didn't watch. So, I heard they lost, but I didn't. They got makes so funny. I was um, on the way somewhere coming back from so coming back from soccer, and uh, my son had to use the bathroom, so we stopped in a hotel. I uh, went to the hotel restroom, came out of the hotel restroom, just happened to look up because on the way to the bathroom, there's the bar. Happened to look up. Of course, all the TVs are on the, the Colorado game. I mean, they getting smashed in the fourth quarter. And I look up and I say, oh, man, they getting demolished. <laughs> and the people, everybody's like, oh, yeah, thank you, Jesus. Thank God. You know? <laughs> I'm like, dang, y'all want to lose that bad? I mean, they like were it's like a wash of relief. Over well, and people. that's a whole nother conversation on why everybody <laughs> wanted this man to lose so bad. You know, that that's that's a whole other conversation for a different time. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> it's, it's still a thing, though. The fact that we are leading off a technology show talking about college football in Colorado. Let you know that it's a thing. But anyway, this is a tech show. And one of the things that we always do or usually do at the beginning of the show is let people know how they can support the show. So we are on Patreon, y'all. If you were to head over to patreon.com forward slash the tech, John, 
You will find multiple tiers over there, any one of which gets you access to our live stream. That's what we're doing right now. And our after party, which is a, you know, like a club for our patrons after the show airs live. So if you're interested in that, head over to patreon.com forward slash the tech John and you can support us there. But that being said, let's go ahead and jump into some tech because there was there was quite a bit of tech stories that went on this week. And this first one, I want to say big. I don't know if it's if, if it's big. But it definitely is necessary. So Google has announced Project Elevate Black Voices, and that is in partnership with Howard University to improve technology used in automatic speech recognition. So to make a long story short, and we we talked about this before, African-Americans, I should say there is a dialect. We actually have something called African-American vernacular English or A-A-V-E or A-A-V-E, depending on how you how you say it. And one of the problems that we have, and we've talked about this, is is code switching to where, you know, when we go into the workplace, we tend to talk differently than we talk amongst ourselves or when we're comfortable with, you know, with, you know, close friends and family. I, I think it's safe to say that there's been a light shined on that to where it's something that we maybe have to do less and less. But the problem is that. These daggone voice assistants don't understand what we say when we do not talk like a mama talk when she talking business back in 1984 when she was on the phone. So what Google and uh, Howard are doing is they're actually creating a data set. They want to get good data in so that they can ultimately get, get good data out so that they literally can have better results to where you can talk like you normally talk. You don't have to feel like you're some other in your own house when you're trying to get, you know, that assistant. I'm not going to say it because I don't want mine to go off. I got them both sitting over there. You don't want it to go, you know, when you want to actually talk to it and ask it to do something, you don't want to have to change the way you talk to get your assistant to work with you. So I wanted to get you guys' take on that. I thought this was kind of a cool story that looks like if it goes right, it will expand significantly from where it is today. Well, I think, you know, number one, for anybody listening, it's not just about having the a voice assistant recognize slang. You know, this is I think there might be somebody like, oh, now they we got to know all the slang terms that black people talk about. I, it's not just a matter of having, you know, voice assistants recognize the latest slang terms in the hood, basically. Um, I think this goes, you know, a little bit further than that. And I could see it recognizing like Gullah dialects of South Carolina, Creole, mm-hmm. Creole dialects patois. in, in Patois, <laughs> you yeah. know, like there's a there's a whole lot of different you know, dialects in the diaspora, if you will, in the United States, not even talking about around the world, but just within the United States, there's a whole lot of different um, dialects uh, that that are a part of the Black experience that, you know, just wouldn't get picked up by a voice assistant because it just didn't know. So I, I think this is a really good start to try to um, incorporate some of that language into into these data sets, and and you know uh, you know kudos for to Google for recognizing it, recognizing that kudos kudos to Google for recognizing that they were not the ones that needed to lead the research on this, and bringing in a, a entity like a Howard University to uh, partner with to to do some of this work as well. Yeah, and I'm I'm glad you mentioned that um it's not a slang, you know, um 
a process for people to learn or technology to learn slang because that can be updated or changed daily, weekly, right. you know, depending on, you know, what's going on in news, depending on whatever the case may be. Social media has a main major impact into how we communicate and the, the, the term and ter- terminologies and that stuff changes a lot, you know, so just thinking that, oh, okay, we're just going to learn slang. That's an ongoing effort. Now, of course, this is a ongoing effort as well, but there's more substantiality in some of these dialects that can be, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It can be as a baseline, you know, um, right. as, as a basic, you know, for different dialects to be understood without feeling like, all right, we got to update it again because a new <laughs> new word came out or whatever the case may be. That's definitely not the case because if you try to get into that, you're going to be going to get into an ongoing effort. And then you've got other, other, you know, uh, people who say, well, we want our stuff in there. It's like, well, as long as this meets these criteria, yada, 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 then maybe that's a possibility versus just, oh, we're just updating this because slang is changing on a weekly basis. Yeah, that, that's important to point out. It's not slang at all. It is, you know, African-American English or African-American vernacular English. It is literally a dialect. So this is the way that we learned how to speak the language, but we're bilingual. We also learned how, you know, white America or mainstream America learned how to speak the, you know, speak English as well. And we have just conformed to, you know, we literally are acting in a, in a form. It's like, it's almost like you, like actors can talk in different dialects. They can talk in different accents, this and that and the other, but it's a conscious decision for them to do so. When we, you know, for folks who speak AAVE, it is a conscious thing that you're doing to make yourself sound somehow different than that. So that's not, that's not slang. Those aren't just, you know, it, it is partly colloquialisms, but it's not just that. It's literally the way that you, your brain process language as you were learning to speak it. So that's why they look at it as a dialect and not just as an accent. You can say like we generally don't say people who have a southern accent, which you really mean is they have a southern dialect. They're speaking the same same language. They just learn how to speak it differently from a very, very early age. But it's not frowned upon that they talk the way that they talk, where they talk like that. Same thing if you go to the, the far east coast, folks have a dialect of how they speak, like in Boston or how they speak in parts of New York, so on and so forth. So that is a. It, it is a good thing that we're looking at it. One of the sentences in the whole nine, 10, 11 paragraphs of this Google article that I read that stuck out to me was, and I'll just read the last sentence here. Howard University will retain ownership of the data set and licensing and serve as stewards and serve as stewards for responsible use. Um, that is the conversation for me because yeah, the concern, absolutely. I know the concern, for, Stephanie, you're voicing it now, but I'm sure it was a concern for you as well. Terrence is that, okay, Google, you're doing this thing, but this is now your data in two or three years, Man. five or six years. When you have the information, do you just decide that we don't need Howard anymore? We can just make the these decisions on how I black am. people talk. The way my antenna perked up at that sentence. And I'm like, so are we getting the, cause it sounded like, it sounded like it was trying to be some low key kind of licensing deal or something. So I'm like, are we getting any of the monies around the use of this data set? Like is how we're getting residuals? Like how is this working 
with the bag. Like, show me the money in the bag on this because if you are going to be, you know, it, it sounds like Howard is going to be res- largely responsible for the curation of the data that is going to train these large language models, which is what they're going to be, um, you know, coordinating the volunteers that will be contributing to the language, all of that. Google is getting the data from Howard, basically. And so, like, who own, who's going to own this data? Um, and who is going to to be able to lay claim to this data, who is going to be making money off this data? How will this data be monetized? Um, and at the end of the day, who will own this data? You know, after all is said and done. And, and that's going to be the real question because, you know, like you said, five years from now, 10 years from now, when Alexa, when, when I can say, yo, Alexa, I'm fitting to run down to the store, blah, 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 blah. And Alexa knows what that means. And, you know, some advertiser gets, two cents on the dollar because Alexa knew I was fitting to order something off of Amazon. Like who's getting that money? So it's just, yeah, that that's, that's going to be the real test. That's going to be the real test. <laughs> it's smart. No, no. Go ahead. Terrence. Companies don't do nothing out of the kindness of their hearts. So. Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> so this is, this is smart. Whether it was smart on Google's part to actually have it be this way or if it's smart on Howard's part to say, if we get down with you, this is how it's going to be. I don't know which one of those it is. Maybe it will come out. But in either case, it really is smart. Let's let's look at it from the Google perspective. Google can tell you to their blue in the face that we are trying to be more diverse. We, we, are, we are trying to make things more diverse and more equitable in our company. Something that Google will, will never be as black as Howard is. It will never be that. And, and honestly, it probably never should be. That, that's that's not what Google is there for. So the fact that you're going to leave this with Howard, and I don't want to say that Howard University is like the mecca of of you know you know of blackness in the United States. One of the things that I liked about this article as well is one of the quotes from the one of the directors at Howard that's going to be you know heading this off. You know, I'll just read it. I see this becoming a whole consortium of HBCUs that work together to understand and improve technology for black people in a respectful way and show that you can create technology that celebrates black voices. That's really smart. Because if you generally want to find out how African Americans talk when they are relaxed and, and not code switching if you were to go to a consortium of HBCUs, you probably are going to find something that, you know, that targets the center of, of how people talk around the country there. Uh, that's probably a good place for it. So and the fact that these universities are equipped to actually do this kind of research to kind of, you know, to try to actually, you know, they, they've got people don't realize that there's a lot of really good computer science departments and a lot of HBCUs. I mean, some, some of the best, you know, computer departments in states in, in state as far as state run schools are concerned are right at HBCUs. So the fact that they're going to be doing this work there and they're already looking at let's let's get this beyond Howard. Let's let's get to HBCUs as a as a place where we can go and do this work. I just kind of thought that was cool. But just, you know, just to wrap that point up, I am so glad that this is not a Google thing after they get done with Howard. This will always be a Howard thing, at least how this reads right now. We'll see. We shall see. Like, show me the money. That's all I'm saying. Cause yeah, it could, it could go left really easily. And, you know, I could see a situation where they try to cut, um, 
that HBCU element out of the process once they feel like they have enough data or to move forward on mine. their own. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Soft. They're like, hey, yeah. uh, they're like, yeah, what agreement we had. Uh, right. <laughs> once they feel like they have enough data to move forward on their own, I could definitely see them trying to do that. So hopefully they, you know, they don't that doesn't happen and or you know, somebody just just doesn't get greedy and they see the the benefit and the value of the partnership moving forward and continuing moving forward. That's all. So y'all keeping with Google, uh, Steph, I believe you threw this story in there, but uh, Google has had tech go wrong, uh, specifically with Google Maps. And, you know, the story is a, a, you know, a man lost his life. He ultimately drove off of a condemned, you know, or a bridge that I don't even think you could say it was under construction. It's just kind of like they just kind of left it sitting there. It's been, it'd been years that it had been in disarray. Right. But Google directed him off of a bridge that didn't have a barrier blocking it to where he fell 20, you know, 20 feet into a stream and then drowned. Right. So why don't you tell us about this story? Yeah, the family is suing Google. They're suing a few different people, but, but Google has been named, uh, in a lawsuit, uh, by a family in North Carolina claiming that the company's maps application last year led him to drive off of a collapsed bridge and fall about 20 ah. feet to his death. Uh, Philip Paxson was following Google maps directions while driving home late at night in September 2022 from his daughter's ninth birthday party when the navigation system directed him to go over an unmarked and unbarricaded bridge that had collapsed had collapsed years prior. He drove off the bridge and he drowned. The lawsuit said that neighbors had expressed concern that Google Maps had led drivers over this bridge, which had allegedly not seen repairs since its parcel collapsed in 2013. So this bridge had been collapsed and unbarricaded since for over 10 years at this point. People had already reported to Google Maps that the bridge was unrepaired and unbarricaded barricaded. They had gotten um, uh, responses from Google saying, thank you for reporting it. We'll look into it. Um, and and they had reported it to, um, you know, the road crews and, and things in that, in that neighborhood. So people knew that this bridge was not fixed, that the bridge was unbarricaded, like from, from all intents and purposes, allegedly, Everybody knew that this bridge was was out and, and and that there were no barricades and and nothing preventing anybody from hurting themselves um on this bridge so <clears throat> I'm not sure how it had been allowed to go like this for so long for 10 years. Uh, but unfortunately, this gentleman, you know, late at night couldn't see. He was just following what the directions were telling him to, to do and, and where they were telling him to go and, and unfortunately drove off the bridge. So I put this in here specifically because I saw the story, you know, the story before it about, you know, African-American English and things like that. And we talk a lot on this show about how technology affects people of color negatively, uh, specifically. But when technology doesn't work, it can affect all of us negatively and, and unfortunately sometimes fatally. So I think it's incumbent upon all of us as, as humans in society to hold these technology companies accountable for the tech products that they produce when they're not 
functioning properly because things like this can happen. I mean, I think this is, you know, certainly a worst case scenario type of thing, but it is still something that did happen and that can happen when we're not holding these tech companies accountable. So, you know, it's not just a matter of soap dispensers that don't work for black hands. This is also a worst case scenario thing that can happen for anybody uh, when the tech doesn't function properly. So I think it's incumbent upon all of us as as members of society to make sure that that tech works for everybody. I'm curious, this is a, well, from a Google standpoint, you know, if I were trying to be a Google representative, Mm -hmm. my first question would be, uh, I'm curious as to why the city or local municipality or local, they, you mentioned in the story that people locally knew about the bridge being out. Right. And people have been interviewed and they've talked about how Google has been sending people down here and that could be dangerous. I'm curious as to why the city or the local municipality, because 10 years is a long time. It's a long time. I I was "Hmm." reading this thinking like, okay, well, Clearly, there is a lapse in when uh, the the bridge was damaged and then Google satellites flew over the area and noticed that the bridge was down. And in between that time, that buffer where before Google could update their maps, this this guy, you know, had this incident. Now, that ain't even the case. It's been 10 years mm-hmm. since anybody has years. done anything. So I'm curious as to why the municipalities wasn't involved prior well at at all apparently i mean now let's just say now that this accident has happened who's responsible for repairing the bridge is it going to be google is it going to be the city is google going to put some money towards that is google going to say that ain't my problem is the city municipality going to sit back and let google take all the heat I'm curious as to not necessarily well, who I believe the city is in is in the lawsuit as well mm-hmm. like yeah, there's there are multiple entities involved in the lawsuit, okay. um, but Google being one of them because and being a tech was, angle. Yeah, 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 because he was the one he was following Google mm-hmm. Maps, which should have been updated as well because they had been informed of the fact that the bridge was out and they didn't update their technology the same way the city and the municipality didn't fix that barricade mm-hmm. or or and or fix the bridge, you know, at the same time over the past 10 years when i first saw this story i actually went back and found some actual tv reporting so a couple of things folks are saying well don't you have to be somewhat responsible for driving off of a bridge yourself it was a torrential downpour with there's no street lights here this is like rural north carolina so it's foggy and it's dark and it's raining cats and dogs this gentleman did not know the area so he's going by Google Maps. And when it is when it is that kind of dark outside, you're not expecting that just continuing to go straight on the road is going to be a 20 foot drop off. You can't necessarily and see that. Visibility is zero. And, and the visibility and is so low. All you have to go off of is your phone saying turn left at such and such, turn right or station. Like if, if all you have to go off of is your phone because you can't yeah. see anything. You're you're relying on this piece of technology to get it right. Yeah. And so the municipality, of course, is responsible for repairing the roads. But it could be the fact that they haven't done it in 10 years. They just decided that, well, there's not enough people who need this. There's other there's other routes that we can use. We're just not going to repair it. So the municipality, they did have 
at one point barricades and stuff like that up. But there have been reports after report after report for years because he's just the first one to lose his life. He's not the first one to be directed down this and, you know, almost drive off. You know, you know, I guess others have almost done the same thing. It fortunately for them, it might have been during the day or it wasn't raining cats and dogs and they were able to see and they were able to stop short of doing it. But vandalism is what the city is saying is that, well, we had barricades up, but they were vandalized and people took them down. Don't know how much that's going to fly because according to the reporting, that's that's not going to fly. According to the reporting, you were notified that there was vandalism before this gentleman drove off of it. So if you know, it's kind of like if you know that there is a bridge that is out and Google is sending people to it, you need to do everything you possibly can vandalism proof exactly it's like if you need to get a sheriff and put them there with a car with lights on on a night like this you have to anticipate those kind of things can happen so i'm guessing that this family and i I can't i cannot imagine what they're going through that nine-year-old daughter will never think of her birthday the same way because that's the day she lost daddy um but that being said i think google definitely has some culpability here because you have been told on numerous occasions. That's that's what the reports are saying. They didn't say one or two people. They say numerous occasions. You have been notified that your maps are leading people to a bridge that is out that does not have adequate barricades to stop people from plowing and over. They responded to it. So they, you know, they said um, they auto replied on numerous occasions, thanking people for their report. Your suggestion is being reviewed. Thanks for sharing your knowledge. We'll let you know once that. You- so. So they acknowledge that they've gotten these reports that the bridge is out. And, and blah, I'm blah, pretty blah, blah, sure blah. there's a history because, you know, you can in Google Maps, Apple Maps, all of them, you can send feedback, submit feedback and right. say, hey, this ain't working. So it, it ain't like they can't say, well, we didn't know. There's, right. there's over, data, over, there's records. Over 10 years, mm-hmm. there are change history logs, you know, galore. So it's just like it would have been a simple 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 thing don't to go do. this way yeah it would, <laughs> it would have been a simple thing to do yeah. to, to make that update over over the past 10 years no you would think google could actually warning warning rode out something like that they, they, they could do something to protect people, people. Way. the way i see it working is they would just not route people yeah that just way. don't send people that way yeah mm-hmm. and it, it would have been such local, a simple thing to do right and if you're a local and you're watching looking at the google maps and it's dark and it's raining and it's whatever the case may be and you know that the bridge is there you thinking like maybe after 10 years they would have fixed it why is Google telling me to go around? You know, because Google <laughs> said, no, the bridge ain't out, you know, until otherwise notified, you just can't go that way, you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's, it, that was, yeah, Google, I feel like Google may have some liability in this because you had 10 years to update your map and you just didn't do it. And that, that, that's just, ne- that's negligence. That's, that's, I think that, I mean, I'm not an attorney, so this is not legal advice, um, but that kind of sort of fits the definition of negligence to me. Like you had enough time to update your system and you just didn't do it. If I had to, if I, you know, if, if I were a betting person and I were betting on this, Google will settle with this family for an undisclosed amount. They and they will admit no culpability in anything. Oh, absolutely. They're not that, that's, they're that's just how this yeah, is going to happen. Yeah, so and, and, unless the family says, no, we want to take this to trial, which, you know, you know, at this point, I don't, I don't know what they would do. Maybe, maybe they want to do that to, you know, just to, to, to make the point known. But my gut tells me 
they're going to, you know, settle this for some undisclosed amount that we will never hear about. And they will, they will acknowledge nothing was wrong. It's just an unfortunate accident. It is an unfortunate accident, but it's like, you know what? Telling people to drive off a 20 foot drop off of a, you know, bridge has been condemned for 10 years. When people have told you that the bridge has been condemned for 10 years, not a good look, Google. At all, at all. And it's just, yeah, it sucks. But, but again, you know, just to say tech doesn't work for everybody. So it's, it's up to all of us to raise our voices, hold these companies accountable. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. So, Terrence, I know you stuck this one in here. I have not been single since, like, the mid to late 90s. But even if I were... And, you know, maybe, maybe I can't. So Steph, I'll, maybe I'll defer to you on this one because you're the single one out of, out of all of us here. But Tinder has a $500 a month plan. Mm-hmm. You pay a five. So you're the demographic it. for this. Are you $500 to be on Tinder? Nope. Well, so, nope. so here's the thing, right? So about this story, which is so odd, uh, in addition to it being $500 a month, this new tier that Tinder has recently rolled out, you have to apply according to this. According to what I'm reading is it says, hold on, let me see. Um, the company has only offered Tinder Select to the less than 1% of users it considers, quote, extremely active. It'll open applications for Tinder Select on a rolling basis, but didn't exactly say when. So not only is this expensive, it's exclusive and you just can't have the money. Click the little button in Tinder and start the subscription or whatever the case rolling. You got to apply and be approved to spend $500 a month on Tinder. So again, like Rob said, I've been married for a minute. So uh, we will have to defer to our resident non-married specialist <laughs> on the panel here. Is it is it that hard out here for a pimp? It is hard out. It's hard out here for a pimp. I will say that, but it ain't five hundred dollars. It ain't six grand a year yeah. hard. Mm-hmm. Um, not not for me anyway. I mean, and I say that without a trace of facetiousness or ego. Um, I I would not pay that. Um, I, but I don't know. You know what I mean? People do pay matchmakers like a lot. That's of That's the point I was going to say. So like matchmakers cost like 10 G's, you know what I'm saying? So I would do that before I would pay 
$500 a month on Tinder um, because I think you get a better service and you're, you're kind of being more selective and, and, and you're getting a better quality of service with a matchmaker. I would not pay for, for Tinder to do that. Um, and then especially when you got to apply and wait and hope you get, yeah, I, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't <laughs> do that on, on, a, on a service like a Tinder, especially when Tinder, and I think this may be this to, to me, this sounds like, Tinder's attempt to revamp its image Mm -hmm. because Tinder was the hookup app. You know, Mm -hmm. Tinder was the swipe Mm -hmm. left, swipe left, swipe. You know what I mean? Tinder was, was, was exclusively known as the hookup app. You only went on Tinder if you was just trying to hook up, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? And, and that was it. You weren't looking for a relationship on Tinder. Um, and which is why I was never on there. I mean, I've been on a couple of dating app or two here mm-hmm. or there. Um, but I specifically never went on Tinder because it, I, I always understood it to be the hookup app and that was never what I was looking for. So I think this might be, you know, Tinder's attempt. And they did recently acquire another app called The League, which mm-hmm. I actually was on. Only because um, the woman, there's a, it's a woman that started that app. I can't remember her name right now, but she actually reached out to me back when I was really in my tech blogger, you know, days. Um, she reached out to me because she did an event in Philadelphia and she was like, you know, you get a, you, you get free access to the app and, you know, we're bringing the singles together, yada, yada, yada. So I went to the event and, you know, was on the app for a little while and, you know, swiping or whatever, never, never met anybody, but, um, but yeah, I was on there and it was, and it was supposed to be super, if you recall, there's an episode of Insecure where Molly was trying to get on the lead because it was very exclusive. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like very exclusive and you had to get picked or whatever. She was trying to get into, so that was the app that she was trying to get on. And so I was on there for like a hot second, um, and Tinder recently, I think, I think, acquired them, yeah, yeah but I think Match Group owns all of those apps now. Anyway, um, so I think Tinder is trying to change it, trying to do a little PR rebrand uh, with this five hundred dollars a month thing <laughs> um, to to make it seem less like a hookup app and and more like you know where you gonna find your potential Forever life person, yeah, life partner. <laughs> um, but I'm not buying it literally and figuratively because <laughs> uh, I'm not paying five hundred dollars to be on any app, uh, much less Tinder. I'm being facetious and joking here, but not really. The first time, and I think the only time we've ever talked about Tinder on this show was, y'all remember when we talked about the Tinder swindler? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, back in the day. I'm just thinking, it's like, well, dag, Tinder said, well, you know what? If an, if, if somebody can get on our platform and do it, why don't we just do now, it directly? Now Tinder is the swindler <laughs> Exactly. Tinder but, is the swindler. Um, <laughs> so like I said, I, I, I have, I have. I have not been single for most of my adult life, so I cannot uh, attest to how people would want to do something like this. But I do know and I actually I have friends who have used those uh, matchmaker services. And you're right. You said 10 grand. That's not that's not even expensive. I mean, that that's like the entry level for some of these things, depending on what you're doing, because they set up in some cases like these destination dates and stuff to where you literally go and meet somebody in the Caribbean or something like that um, to where they're, they're setting all that kind of stuff up. So it's not just matchmaker, it's matchmaker and it is travel agent and it is tour. I mean, it's all these things that you can ultimately do. 
trying to meet nobody for the first time out the country. I'm not not, not some look, man. Like some people I don't know go, you like that. That's, some that's, people some people vacation. Some people go on vacation and they get out here on these islands. They get a little drink in their system or they experimenting with some alternative no uh, methods and they, they get out here and wild out and then come yeah. back home and come back to their regular life. Well, now I know all about the, you know, kind of sex tourism mm-hmm. that happens in Thailand and the Philippines and stuff like that. But to go on a date, you know, that I'm paying somebody to match me and meet like, I ain't, I ain't doing all that. Um, but yeah, and I think there's too many free options out here to pay for like a Tinder, like pay 500, like, you know, Bumble's fine. Hinge is perfectly acceptable. Like, I don't, I don't know that you're getting any better quality of person just because they're paying that kind of money. You know what I mean? I, you, you, you think that you are because you were like, oh, this person must be really serious about meeting somebody because they're paying this money. But I, I, I don't know that that translates into seriousness or commitment or it, I don't necessarily think it translates, honestly. Mm, just because you just because you got a Rolls Royce don't mean you got any taste. <laughs> yeah, honestly, it, it don't translate. Tra- so, so I'll, I'll just say this. If, it don't matter. If any of our listeners out there are using this $500 a month tender service you've, you, you've applied, you've been accepted and it's working out for you. Send us, send us some email, send us something over at feedback that at the tech John, or I should say feedback at the tech John.com and let us know how it's working because none of us think that we would ever spend this kind of money on, on tender. I just, mm, and listen, just if there's it. anybody at tender that wants to use me as a guinea pig and, you know, sign me up and let give me like a month or three months to like play around on Tinder Elite and, and go on some dates and I can report Tinder back. <laughs> Is that what it's called? Tinder no, Select? No. <laughs> what's it, what's it Tinder called? Select. Do you call it Tinder Elite? Select. <laughs> That's Tinder, what it feels Tinder, like though. <laughs> Tinder Select. I will be more than happy to, to take 90 days and go on some Tinder Select dates and come back here to the Tech John and report on my Tinder select dates if you want to give me like a comp you know 90 day little select membership I, I would be happy to do that so holla at me Tinder I'll go on some Tinder dates and, and, and see what's up see th- this is what you get when you Re- listen to for the research Tech purposes only. <laughs> we will actually research the stuff for you our very own Stephanie Humphrey will go out and try Tinder that's select right. that's right hook, hook me up with a promo code Tinder <laughs> <laughs> So y'all, let, let's talk a little bit about social media. So uh, lately, when we talk about TikTok specifically, it's often about how one government entity or another is feeling some kind of way about the platform, usually because they just do not like that ByteDance is owned. That's the parent company of Twitter. They're owned by, uh, you know, a government. Well, I don't want, let me, let me say this accurately. TikTok is owned by ByteDance. ByteDance is based in Beijing. And the fear for a lot of folks is that China is running this platform that just has all kind of data on people. But that's not where the story is. We, you know, it's actually kind of died out. We really haven't talked about the government wanting to shut this uh, company down lately. Uh, So that's faded away. It's back in the news, though, TikTok, I should say, because 
Just last week, there is a lawsuit that is filed against TikTok by two black employees. Uh, Nanette Matima and Joelle Carter both claim TikTok has a practice of downplaying complaints of racial discrimination and then retaliates against people who speak out, having a chilling effect on other employees from coming forward. And they've taken their case to the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, which filed a class action lawsuit last Thursday. So this is not insignificant when you think about what's happening here, Steph. There's a lot of stuff that's being reported on this. It definitely is. And in a CNN report, Annette uh, details her experiences of discrimination, which she says started her first week on the job after joining a division of about 40, where she was the only African-American. Her managers were overly patronizing and gave her heavier workloads than her white colleagues, requiring her to shoulder 75 percent of the sales outreach for the smaller four person team she worked on. Sounds very familiar. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say this is uh, TikTok is a China company, you know, but it, this sounds like an American problem. It shows, <laughs> uh, 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 this, yeah, this this happened in uh, New York and uh, the other case, I believe, was in Austin, Texas in those, in those locations. Yeah. So. So just some extra notes on what uh, Nanette, is that is that her name? Is that what we're saying? Nanette. Uh-huh. Nanette. Okay. Uh, she kind of highlighted some other things that she was subjected to while working at TikTok. One of the first ones, like Stephanie mentioned, required to generate 75% of the leads for just a team of four. So she was doing a line share of cold calling. Good leads were then taken and redistributed to the white employees. So if she got somebody on the hook, they kind of took that over for her, didn't give her any credit, was left out of meetings and conferences, and was commonly referred to, I get this, commonly referred to as quote, black snake by managers and supervisors. So uh, suing would not have been my first <laughs> offense. <laughs> that would have been the second thing I did. First thing, you know, we'll use your imagination if somebody called right. in my face. <laughs> so we, we have talked on this show multiple times about not other employees, not coworkers, actual managers and supervisors calling folks out they name, you know, these, these racial epithets. It's like, is, is that a thing? Cause I guess it doesn't happen when we are in the space. Well, in the case of Tesla, it actually does happen when you're in the space, but I haven't had that happen to, you know, I've, I've, I've heard that, it, you know, I've heard it happen in a back room that I wasn't in, but it's like, usually it's not a manager. It's usually a, another coworker that you heard this from. But is, is that how they rolling over here at TikTok? Apparently. And I think that was they I don't know that um, I think she said she was told that that's what they called her behind her back. I don't Mm -hmm. know that that the managers called her that to her face. Um, I can definitely relate to the being left out of the meetings thing. I mean, that was like my entire, you know, tenure at at the company I worked with. And it was just like, dude, like like literally just being told you know, no, like you at at meetings for which I was doing the work that was being presented at the meeting. And like, I don't even want to present at the meeting, even though I did the work that's being presented at the meeting, I don't need to present, you know, I'm not necessarily wanting to, you know, steal the spotlight necessarily. I just want to sit in the back and see my work be presented so I can have some context around what the work means. 
oh, well, we're sorry. Our travel budget is already at the limit for get the fuck. You know what I mean? Like it just that kind of thing. It's just it, it get it gets so, so old so quickly and so tiresome so quickly. And it's just I feel you, girl. Do you, I feel you, do you girl. know that part? Of your story and and her story reminds me of. Do you remember back in what was the movie Hidden Figures? Uh, Catherine Johnson, mm-hmm. she mm-hmm. was doing all the math for her manager, mm-hmm. uh, old dude from I can't even think of it, uh, Sheldon. Uh, yeah, <laughs> whatever that show he was on, and Big bang he would take it back. And the only reason she got invited to the meeting is because no one could do the math. They had to bring oh, her in to math. actually come mm-hmm. in and do the math. Oh, okay. So now I can come in here and not right. say nothing other than just do this what, math what, and what, show you. Put her name on the thing. Yeah, yeah exactly. And it's, it's just, it gets old so quick. But here, yeah. like I said, so everything that is happening to her is bad. And I, w- I do want to point out, uh, you know, the broad in this, Joel, he, after a year on the job, so he was actually working, doing well, got a promotion and his problem started after he got promoted. Basically, the same thing happened to him. But here's where it got worse for him. When he complained about it, they then started in his HR record saying, well, he seems like he is angry. He seems like he's, you know, disgruntled and that kind of stuff before they get, ultimately ended up getting him up out of here. And the point is, for all of this, it's almost as though you you do what you're supposed to do. You're having these issues. You're supposed to go to HR. HR is supposed to be your ally. But instead of actually helping you work through the problem, they basically gaslight you and tell you, nah, ain't nothing here. It's like the things that are being said to you, the things that are being done to you, the way you feel, that's just nothing. That's all. It's all a figment of your imagination. Everything is cool. Go back to doing it the way you've been doing it. And if you complain a second time, you might not be here. That is problematic. And one of the things that happens, we have talked about this on the show a a lot, is that there are companies who are trying to do better with their African-American employees. There definitely are. But there's a lot of companies who say it's like, well, we thought things were going well. And this person that we actually thought was a good employee, they just they just disappeared. They just like, you know, has anybody seen Johnny? Ain't nobody seen Johnny in two weeks. You call Johnny up. It's like, well, I quit. Well, you know, when did you quit? Well, when did you notice? It's kind of how it is for a lot of African-Americans. And the reason is because you don't want to get that label at a company that you've been complaining or you're some kind of a troublemaker. So let me go ahead and do my work, get that resume freshened up. And then I'm just going to get up out of here and maybe move somewhere else to where these microaggressions or these actual aggressions are not as bad at this place that I go to. So you end up losing a lot of good employees when that wasn't in your intent. It seems like maybe the intent here with uh TikTok was that you don't want these folks in here any longer after they made these complaints because both of them were fired. And that's why the lawsuit is here. But it's just like you should be able to go to HR, express your concerns and not be told that there's not an issue this happening. I, I I can't speak for everybody, but this has happened to me. I've actually gone to HR with an issue. There is no ally in HR. And it's like you're making a decision. Yeah. It's like, all right, am I going to continue to do this or am I just going to go back and let me just let me just freshen up that resume get the folks who are all my allies, get them to give me some really nice LinkedIn recommendations and I'm going to roll up out of here. And people tell you all the time, like HR is not your friend. Like if I've heard that once, I have heard it a thousand times. HR is not your friend. HR works for the company, Mm -hmm. not you, you know, and, and that is just, it's not the, they are there to cover the companies behind and mitigate 
you know, risk for the company in situations like this. They're, they're not there on your behalf. I mean, it, it, it sucks because they make it seem like, you know, they're there for the employees to take care of the poison. And I, I guess they're, I guess that's the case in, you know, sort of benefits situations. But in, in this type of situation, they're, they're there on behalf of the company. And, and it, it's just, they ain't, they ain't there for us like that. They're nope. just not. Uh, uh. <laughs> You know, every year you got to take those um, trainings, you know, and some of them are, you know, uh, minority and discrimination and, uh, you know, and they always tell you, they give you this whole chain of command. If you're having a problem with your manager, employees, contact this person. If you're having trouble with this, do this, do this, this, that, this, that. It's like, why go even through the trouble of doing all that if somebody actually follows the instructions and then goes through the channels and it's either roadblocked or flat out told you ain't nothing going on. It's like, why even go through the effort to have me watch those videos every single year if you ain't going to do right. that when people right. actually have a problem? Just don't even do or, it. Just don't even Or do fire it. me, <laughs> one, right. you know, once I do all of that. Yeah, I have actually, at, at a company or two, you know, been the highest, you know, ranking African-American. I've been in executive management at, at a couple of spots and it was regular, especially the big company where I was in fairly well up in management. People wouldn't go to HR first, like the handbook says, okay, I know Rob, he's cool. He looks like me. Let me go bounce this off him and see what he says. And I had to tell folks, it's like, okay, understand depending on what you tell me, I may have no choice but to take this to HR. So just, just, just be cool there. So it's like, if you're having this conversation in my office as, as me being, you know, the executive director of what I was the executive director of and you being an employee, that's an official conversation. Um, and I was just letting them know that, Hey, we may need to have this conversation, you know, outside of, of work to where I just overhear or something like that, or I can let's talk about hypotheticals and I can give you some examples of what I can do. But I understand that because it's hard when you don't know. It's like, if I take this to HR, I might actually exacerbate the issue. And I'm, I'm going to flat out say, it's like, Hey, should I take this to HR or should I just, or can, you know, can you just, you know, hook me up on this uh, recommendation on my LinkedIn and I go find this other role. And I'm not going to say what I've done in those situations because I've done many things in those situations, but that is a real conversation. You, you have a lot of employees who end up leaving because they just don't want to take the opportunity or they don't want to take the chance that it rolls back up on them. And now they, it looks like they're leaving a company disgruntled because that stuff fall, you know, it's a, you know, it's a, you know, it's not a big planet, you know, it's a big world though. There's a lot of, you know, there's 8 billion people on the planet, but you know, tech is is a big thing, but it's a small thing. People know each other. People ask conversations and you just don't want to get that that negative label on you. Oh, yeah. They, you know, he was slamming doors well, and, and walking you, around mad all the time because he said that he didn't like being treated a certain way. When you when you got to answer that question at the next interview, why did you leave your last job? You know what I mean? Like you, you got to answer that question. And, and and how do you answer that question when it was a whole thing with HR and, and, and they had to get involved. And when, and when you, and when the interviewer has to call back to that job and, and talk to 
to that old manager and, and, and all the, like you, you have to make that, you have to do that calculus basically. And, and, and determine, do I make a stink here? Do I file that lawsuit? Do I escalate this thing up the, up the ladder? Do I, it's just, it's so much mental gymnastics that you have to go through, you know, before you just say, you know what, F it, let me just get my resume together and, and keep it pushing. Honestly, not even worth it. Yeah. I actually know of a company or, or I worked at a company that they had, uh, it wasn't HR. These were independent. It was an independent law firm. But if you felt like you couldn't take something to HR, you had the ability to take it to, I think they were called like employee advocates. So when you talk to them, to a lawyer, I'm sorry. I said, I'm taking it to a well, lawyer. Well, yeah. So the, it was, it was a law firm, but it was covered. So, so that's, that's the thing. And, you know, I, I know someone who used it and they, they, before they said, but Hey, I'm, I'm going to do this. But before I sign anything, and, and ask you, have you be my legal counsel and work through this situation with me? I need to understand that I'm not the one who's paying for this. My employer is paying for this. What rights do they have to the information? What say, what sway do they get over the things that I say that you're working on me for? Now, in this particular case, it was one of those things. No, we're, we are completely independent. So anything that you tell me, none of it gets back to them unless it gets subpoenaed in court. But that is not every company and it's, it's not even for every employee at every company. So it's, 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 it's really one of those things where I feel for, for both of these folks, for Nanette and for Joel, because it's like they basically did what they were supposed to do. They went to HR. Things got worse after going to HR. They go back to HR again and then they get fired. So not well, hopefully they'll get paid. Yeah. I, you know, I, I definitely do hope this works out for them. Um, and, and this is a story we want to come back and take a look at because it's something that uh, it, I think the three of us, we are probably at a point in our career where we may be able to act and do things differently than someone early on in their career. I, it, the article didn't say where Joel was in his career other than he had been there for a year and got a promotion. I think for Nanette, this might have been like her. She, she was a, she became a lawyer, then moved into this role. And this might have been like her first role and, you know, first role in a slash, you know, like a tech sales type situation. So she's relatively Joel, early. Joel looked, Joel looked young. Yeah, there was so, a picture of him in one of the articles. He looked super young, too. So so so, so for them. I, you know, I can't mess around. It's like, here's what other people are saying. Yeah, Joel complained about this exact thing that I'm having a problem with, but he complained a little bit too much and they got him up out of here. I'm not prepared to do that. So let me just get up out of here on my own and I'm just going to grin and bear it until I can uh, until I can move on. It should so not have to be that way. You shouldn't have to work under that kind of stress and pressure. I think the net in, in one of the articles, she actually had a panic attack going to work. Because of how she was being treated. So, you know, when when it's like that, that can get dangerous, clearly for the employee, but that can get dangerous for other folks, too. You don't you don't want folks coming in, having panic attacks or the opposite of a panic attack. It's like I'm taking everybody up out of here. Right. That's where going postal. uh, That's where it comes from. Yeah, that's where I came from. It's just like, come on, man. You can't treat people like that. So, y'all, this is another show where we are we're nice and tight right at the top of the hour. Unfortunately, we did not have any new patrons this week. 
I told the story last week about how I, I you know, I, I got, I got a bunch of t-shirts now, but I have my t-shirt that I wore to Benihana and we got not only a new listener to the show, but a new patron. So that, that was Curtis last week. But for anyone who would like to help support the tech, John, just head over to patreon.com forward slash the tech, John, any one of those tiers goes so long to help us out and fund the show and bring the tech to you the way that we bring it to you. But um, we didn't have any this week, so we'll see if we get some for next week. But that being said, Tech Life Steph, you actually cut out last week during the actual exit of the show. I think I got your book right. Practical difficult. Yeah, I think I think I think I got the book right. So I, you know, so I was able to go ahead and tell folks about your new book that you had just released. But we'll just plug it again. Yeah, so yeah, go ahead and, <laughs> and, and let the folks know how they can get at you and let them know about that second edition of your new book. Yeah. Yes, the second edition of the new of the old book is out. Don't let your digital footprint kick you in the butt. Second edition out now. Uh, you can get it on Amazon or you can just head to my website, stephaniehumphrey.com. Um, and you can follow me on all the socials at Tech Life Steph. And you can find me all over the internet at Brother Tech. That's B-R-O-T-H-A-T-E-C-H. Uh, I recently posted... <laughs> on my threads for the first time because Twitter was tripping even more so. So uh, maybe you can find me on threads. Probably not. Uh, But yeah, I'm out there anyway. (laughs) And I am at Rob Dunwood on all the things. And we are also at the tech John on all the things and the tech John is on threads as well. So come check us out there. So until we meet again in a week's time. Peace. Peace. 